live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on August 13th. To hit the internet, it's on August 14th. How's everyone doing? You can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Stitcher, and follow me on Twitter, at BrianBuck13. This is true. This is true. Thank you. All right, cut the song. I don't... don't, I don't want to get sued by Paul McCartney while he comes in here and charms me off my feet. But in reality, actually, the Beatles don't even own that song anymore. It was actually Michael Jackson, the late Michael Jackson, bid on that. But then I was reading even further that he may not own it because he was like $500 million in debt. In fact, the Barclays Center, well, the center is the the venue, the Barclays Group may actually own the rights to that song. So... Maybe they'll come at me. So think about it. Maybe Prokolov has a piece of that, maybe? I, I, I realize there's more to the Barclays group than Mikhail Prokolov. Where's the mad dog? Anyways, it doesn't matter. It is my birthday today. I am 35 years old. I finally get to fulfill my lifelong dream of being Donald Trump's running mate. Yes! Dreams do come true. Just never give up. Never, ever give up. Never, ever, ever give up. Winston Churchill. Enough of that. What are we going to talk about today? Today you are listening and it is most likely a Friday or whatever it is. Why am I telling you what day you're going to listen to the podcast? You listen to it when you want to listen to it. Okay? That's 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 your right as an American. Some of those rights are being taken away today. We'll get into that. But we'll we'll start with Geno Smith. But let, let's do the rundown. We'll start with Geno Smith and what happened with the Jets and how he is no longer playing for the Jets at this point. We'll discuss my birthday, obviously. We have to get into more of that. I mean, that's the main thing. Screw all the fucking sports. It's me. It's all about me. Hashtag self-promoter. Hashtag Brian Buckley. Hashtag my birthday. Hashtag I'm better than you. And scene. There we go. Uh, what else? We'll, we'll talk about Geno Smith. We can talk about uh, my birthday, like I said. We'll talk about something going on in Boston right now that maybe doesn't get a lot of pub. But I am uh, offended as an American about it. We will discuss Hard Knocks. It's out. It premiered on Tuesday for the Houston Texans. And I'll just have a few, uh, just a few uh, comments on that. We'll get into Michael Jordan again. Yes, Michael Jordan, the same one I brought up. The guy who hasn't played since 2003, I think. 2003. So we're going to have back-to-back podcasts with topics about Michael Jordan, the great one. The one I idolized. The one I cried over when he retired the first time. We're going to talk about him again. And our old boy Carmelo Carmelo Instagram. I'm looking at notes. Carmelo Anthony checks in on Instagram, insulting people, trying to justify his worth, which we all know is horseshit. But we'll begin with Geno Smith. Well, he's not going to be with the team for quite a while. Geno Smith is out six to ten weeks with a broken jaw. Okay, uh, went up to him. Guess some words were exchanged, and he fired off a punch, and he dropped him. Uh, the sucker punch is a sucker punch. Yeah, I just told you, he punched him. So there you heard from Kanye West, you know, his, his, well, you didn't really hear from me, you heard from the chorus of a song when he actually broke his jaw and had to have it wired shut. But yes, Geno Smith, you also heard from Todd Bowles, new head coach of the Jets, and Darrell Rivas sang, uh... Very profound things like a sucker punch is a sucker punch. You know, Favre is Favre. LeBron's LeBron. You also heard 
Todd Bowles in the beginning saying, or no, you actually heard the NFL Network say, six to ten weeks for Geno Smith as he was punched in the face by former Jet. Everyone's been saying IK because I don't think anyone wants to try to pronounce his name. It sounds stupid. It's I-K-N-M-N-M-Kapali. I think that's somewhat correct, which is, again, why they're saying IK. So the quarterback of the Jets, by default, because they have terrible quarterbacks lined up to be the the <laughs> starter this year. I mean, the depth chart has Ryan Fitzpatrick and Bryce Petty in it as well. But Geno Smith was looked at as the best of the worst. And, well, he was going to go to a football camp for the aforementioned IK. And, well, you know, something happened in his personal life. There's a death of a family member. And, well, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself here. IK said, all right, you're going to come to this football camp? Cool. I'll buy you a plane ticket. Which, why is Geno Smith? I'm not, and I understand, he, he he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. I know he doesn't make millions and tens of millions of dollars. But why is he getting a plane ticket? Why is he having a guy buy a plane ticket for him that is trying to make a team in a veteran's role? That's strange to me in the first place. But anyways, so he couldn't make the plane ticket. He couldn't make the camp. There was a death in his family that he had to attend to first, first and foremost. There's nothing wrong with that, which is understandable. But IK still wants to get paid. It's a doggy dog world. So he said, hey, Gino, give me the money. We, we all know this, in case you don't know. I mean, if you listen to sports radio like a, like a freak like I do, we all know the story. Or even listen to sports, you know this. But I'm just rehashing it for the, you know, the people that maybe don't, Maybe you haven't heard it, so shut up. Just let me tell the story. Don't black out, all right? And I'm not blacking out either, even though I'm drinking a Berkshire Brewing Company Coffee House Porter on my birthday, which uh, I guess they use Dean's Beans. Uh, yeah, this is the part where we read the beer labels. Uh, Dean's Beans must be some sort of uh, local uh, bean place. I think, Jesus, bean place. Coffee place, Brian. Beans used in coffee. And that's out of the South Deerfield, Massachusetts. Anyways, back to the Jets situation. So the, I said, hey, IK said, hey, you got to pay me. Gino said, yeah, 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 I'll get to you. You know, like, like in uh, uh, Bronx Tale. I'll pay you the $20. Yes, see, yeah, I'll pay it to you. And then C would run after him all awkwardly. Worst runner in motion picture history ever. Maybe that's why he got sent to jail. Also shooting at a cop. Story for another day. So it kept going on and on and on and on. Eventually, and these are reports that uh, he said, listen, you're going to pay me. He said to Gino, you're going to pay me. And Gino said something along the lines of, he put his finger in his face and said, you're not going to do anything or I'll do what I want. Something along the We haven't actually got the, the, the transcripts from it. But at that point, IK punched him in the face, broke his jaw. You hear Darrell Revis, you hear other people say they're both at fault. And to a certain extent, they are. New coach T- uh, Todd Bowles trying to improve off a 4-12 and record left by the always lovable Rex Ryan, but his teams just sucked. Fell into a great situation from Eric Mangini with great players, but never did a goddamn thing himself. I was just going off there. What, what was I talking about? This damn coffeehouse porter's got me, my brain all messed up. No, um, he, he's working with this right now, and it was childish, but there's so many people quick to point the finger at Geno Smith. And you know why? It's easy. It's easy to point the finger at Geno Smith. Because why? Oh, he's been voted the worst quarterback in the league two years in a row by his peers. He holds a career passer rating of 71.5. 71.5. And his his quarterback rating last year was 
That is abysmal. That that's not even recognizable. That that's you couldn't sell that to Hollywood, a hard luck story. Yeah, the guy had a quarterback rating of thirty five point four. It was a long shot. Yeah, hell yeah, he's a long shot. He's not doing anything. That's why it's easy to jump on Geno Smith. I'll say this. He's guilty of being a tightwad. Six hundred bucks, man. I don't care if you're the thirty second best quarterback in the NFL. You're still a starting quarterback. And you'll also see the other Jets fans or non-Jets fans say, hey, you know what? Big deal. They just delayed the inevitable. You know, I mean, season uh, week three, week four, Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to take over anyways. Do you realize how bad Ryan Fitzpatrick is? Do you have any idea how bad Ryan Fitzpatrick was? Well, let's put it into, you know, let's put it into reality for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick is worse than the worst quarterback in the NFL. Just let that marinate for a second. He's worse than the guy who had a quarterback rating last year of 35.4. Yeah, they say it was going to be a competition this year, but come on. We all know Geno Smith was going to start week one. Ryan Fitzpatrick is worse than that. Good luck, Jets fans. That's your team. I think they've improved in a lot of areas, this team. They've improved in a lot of areas. On defense, well, Sheldon Richardson, he loves that, and loves that, you know, he loves that high life, chasing, you know, running, doing, doing whatever. And you got Wilkerson with hamstring issues. He improved with the wide receivers. The quarterback still sucks. You're not getting any better without improving that position. Oh, by the way, they've contacted Rex Grossman. So, he did go to a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears by default with an amazing defense. Hey, you never know. I'll bet against the Jets in that situation, though. But it's funny. Former Jets coach and now current Buffalo Bills coach, Rex Ryan. What does he do a day after or two days after? Was it a day after or two days after? I don't know. After this incident, he signs I.K., N.M. Kapali. I think that, I think I did it right there. I.A. N.M. Kapali. I.K. N.M. Kapali. That works. They signed him to the Buffalo Bills. Classic Rex Ryan. Because the headlines are there when you sign him. When he doesn't make the team because he's not that good, there are no headlines. It's Rex Ryan being blustery, making news, making headlines. That's what he does. He oozes headlines. Or maybe he just hates his quarterbacks and wants them to get punched in the face. I don't know. But again, the Jets, you know, I feel bad for Todd Bowles. He seems like a good guy. And he's trying to ease into this season. You're in New York, your first head coaching gig. You don't have a legit quarterback. But we're going to work with it. He gets sucker punched. Sucker punched by a teammate. And everyone wants to act like, oh man, Geno Smith's a terrible guy. Hey, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? Or the other night? I watched it last night, excuse me. It it premiered on Tuesday. Did you watch the end of that? Oh, those were two teams fighting each other. They had to stop the game. You know why people care about Geno Smith? Because he's a quarterback and he got punched in the face and something broke. How about all of them going crazy on the field? If Geno Smith got punched in the face the other day and it didn't break anything... There's a good chance that may have never even hit the news. There's a good chance it may have, too. But it's a 50-50 chance, I think. With the media, never even heard about it. But he has a broken jaw. He's not going to play for over three months, possibly. 
It's football. It happens. It's spring tra- spring training is baseball, Brian. Training camp is football. One, 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 one. There we go. Training camp. And Cam Newton got into it with another guy the other day. Normally, it's not customary for quarterbacks to get into it. But it happens. Tell the general, shit happens. Cough it up. If you, can, if you know that movie, you're good. You don't know that movie, though. So that's the NFL. And, you know, while we're on the NFL, let's talk about hard knocks. I bring it up. And you've heard me mention in the podcast before, it's the Houston Texans. It's going to be the J.J. Watt show. And of course it was, but Jesus Christ, I thought they'd ease into a little bit. It just became some sort of open platform to JJ for J.J. Watt to just show us how amazing he is. I get it. You can only do so much on Vince Wilfork and his sort of second life in football, which will not be as good as the first one. And even he knows that. Arian Foster's groin surgery. And that coach was a Bill O'Brien who just, you know, he likes to use an expletive every six words to seem like a tough guy. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't do it for me. So yes, J.J. Watt is going to be the star of the show. He's a glory boy. He's cute. He's this. He's that. He's he's marketable. He's like Gronkowski. They stick it down your fucking throat to the point you dislike them. And that's where I'm at with J.J. Watt. I don't like him anymore, okay? If I was him, I'd probably be doing the same things. If I was that good, if I was that charismatic, I'd be in front of the camera all the time doing that stuff. But you know what? I'm the viewer at home and I dislike it. Pissed off Brian. Put a hashtag in front of that. So last night, he's doing all of his things, and he's rapping. I don't even know what song that is. I'm out of it. I'm I'm listening to Kanye West from 10 years ago there. I don't know what he's rapping to, but there's the other thing. I know he's a good guy. I know he donates to, uh, you know, he's big with the armed services. He's big with police. He's big with kids. He was there till what, 10 o'clock at night in the hard knocks, doing the autographs, taking pictures. If he does that every night at training camp, if someone knows that, please let me know. I'd love to know and be proven wrong. But I think this is just, this, it's crazy. It's crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. I think he did it because the cameras were there. I think he loved every second of it. I'm not saying he doesn't value his fans. But I think he did it because the cameras were there. Now, if he, if you are a hardcore Houston Texans fan and you go to all those training camps, training camp practices, and you're a huge Mongo. And he is there every night till 10 o'clock signing stuff. You let me know. You come on the Red Ticket Blues podcast. You come at me at Twitter, at Twitter, on Twitter, at BrianBuck13, and let me know. Because I think he doesn't. I think he likes that camera. And there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus, could we ease into the J.J. Watt show? Whew. And then, then, then there was that great thing after all the... Was it before? No, no, no. It was before all the autographs. But it made it seem as if no one was there on the field. And it was just the tackling dummies. And J.J. was just hitting them. He had his hat on backwards because that's what he does. He was just hitting them hard. It was just sheer determination. Will and passion as he hit everyone with his arm. Come on. This is hard knocks. There's 53 other guys on the team. 52. Two other guys, 53 total. Anyways, I don't want to sound like a hater of J.J. Watt, even though I just ripped him for how no, God knows how long, but can we can we just, uh, you know, ease into it a little. Let's not go overboard with the J.J. Watt. Let's talk about J.J. Watt. No, all right. Anyways, moving on to a story that, you know what, you may have heard about, and maybe you didn't care, or maybe you haven't heard about it at all. So, well, then maybe we should... Hear it. 
still the best song by Two Live Crew, uh, rap group from the '90s. For the you youngins out there, I am 35 years old now. I understand how old I am, so I could be talking to younger people who have only heard of Two Live Crew or maybe haven't heard of them. Filthy rap group from the '90s and '80s, and that was banned in the USA because their content was banned in Broward County, there in Miami, Florida, and actually started along with other other people. If, if you know anything about the parental advisory sticker on the right-hand corner of certain albums, that was brought to uh, c- Congress by people like Tipper Gore and other people, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know the other name, so I'm just saying whatever. And they slapped that sticker on there, which in reality fucked them over because now you can say whatever you want, just slap a sticker on it. So, hey, I have my freedom of speech. You can't ban me. But... I know it's not the exact same thing as what I'm going to talk about next, but in the city of Boston, where you are banned in Boston, if you know anything about that phrase, we'll talk about that. But a one of the big things in Boston is the Boston Red Sox, obviously, especially in their sports scene. They are number one without a doubt, Boston Red Sox. And one of the big things of baseball is chewing tobacco. Whether you like it, whether you dislike it, doesn't matter. You see guys pack a lipper. That's part of life. You see people in society pack a lipper. I've always thought it was gross. I've done it. I'm a guy who smoked for how many years? I don't do it. Every, occasionally, I'll have a cigarette. And you know what? Every time I do it, even when I did it when I was smoking a pack and a half, or a pack every day and a half, it's disgusting. But you have the right to do it. Okay? So, in the city of Boston, if you haven't heard about this, have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? The city of Boston which is notorious for their banning of things. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh wants to ban smokeless tobacco everywhere, okay? He has filed an ordinance that would ban ban smokeless tobacco at every, well, maybe not everywhere, but at every athletic facility in Boston. If the city council approves it, the ban would cover everything from the Little League fields all the way up to Red Sox games at Fenway Park. He said the Red Sox and Red Sox players happen to be a part of a catch area here for this. But the real focus is on education and prevention for young people chewing and getting into serious problems. Walsh hopes that if kids don't see their heroes chewing, fewer of them will have an incentive to start. Now, I understand. You you heard me already say. I'm not going to repeat myself. I will. I have been known to do it on occasion, especially after a few beers. You will hear the same story five different ways a lot more slurring if you hang out with me. But it, looking at <laughs> how ironic is that? I said, talk about the slurring and then I just lose my complete train of thought. But I will say this. I'm not, I'm, at the same time, I'm not going to defend tobacco people. Tobacco lobbyists are probably some of the most disgusting people on the planet. When I think of tobacco people, even though he never actually admitted he was a tobacco guy, I think of Mr. Blackheart from the Simpsons episode where Bart gets an elephant. If you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The repeating, there it is. Mr. Blackheart was an ivory dealer, seal clubber, and he wanted to buy the elephant that Bart had. And Homer didn't see an issue with it, even though the pen and paper that Blackheart had was made out of ivory. So they're a disgusting group altogether. They have no shame, and if there's a hell, they'll be there. But at the same time, I can't stand the idea of banning things. 
maybe we'll get a little political here, maybe a little uncomfortable. I don't like the idea of banning things. I don't like the idea of the government telling me, not even, I hate to use the word, the government, but people, but people. My wife is texting me here from the other room. Man, there are certain areas of Puerto Rico, three days, no water, because they're having a major drought there. Three days, no water, one day on, three off. That's insane. In certain areas, water's fine. Imagine if that happened in the United States. There'd be riots. So, you heard it from the horse's mouth right here. But the idea of banning things. I don't like someone telling me they know my life better than me. Now, in the the idea of baseball, of course, we can look at Tony Gwynn. You know, a guy, a great guy for baseball. A perfect role model. A... A, a, a guy who just, he was ambassador of the game. 3,000 hits, Hall of Famer, died of saliv- salivary gland cancer. Okay? And he's told people never to dip. And at this same this same press conference with the mayor of Boston, Kurt Schilling was there as well. A cancer survivor saying, stay away from this. I What I had to go through was an awful experience. And if it ever came back, I don't know how I would deal with it if I could do it again. I'm paraphrasing. Now, I th- I'll go back to what I said. It is disgusting. But banning things. You know, the city of Boston has an enormous history of banning things. So if you're not familiar with the term banned in Boston, oh, it, it, it's a term. Let's have a little history lesson. Everyone gather around. We'll sit. We'll talk. Here we go. Early instances of works beginning banned in Boston in sp- extend back to the at least to the year of 1651. So the pilgrims hit Plymouth Rock on 1620. So 31 years later, we already had banned in Boston. 31 freaking years later, we were already talking about banned in Boston. Why did they come to the United States, the, 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 the pilgrims? Well, religious persecution in England. So what happened? Someone, uh, let's see, I don't want to read the whole thing. I'll read it to you. I, I know this is boring. William Pichon, uh, founder of Springfield, Massachusetts, was criticizing Puritanism. And they said, your book, uh, I'm, I'm actually here with my finger on Wikipedia. This is a new low. The Meredith Price of Our Redemption was banned, criticizing Puritanism. So they left there because they were being persecuted for what they thought. Someone came here 31 years later criticizing it. That's banned. Boston, you've outdone yourself. What a history. So this was just the beginning of a long period of banning things. Now, if you think I'm crazy, I give you my own personal experience. Although I was a child, I remember trying to, I was in Boston. What was I, a child? What was I? Uh, Whatever year Tupac, Me Against the World came out, I wanted that CD. I was in Boston with my family. And I wanted that CD. I went up there and it had that goddamn parental advisory thing on there. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You can't buy this. You, you, you can't. Maybe I was like 13, 14, 15. Maybe I was like a teenager, punk kid, yeah. So they said, no, you can't buy that. So I got my dad and said, hey, Tupac, me against the world. I need this. You know, me, me and Pop were the same, me against the world. He obviously agreed. So he went and bought it for me. Now, I don't remember if this part is true or not. If she said, are you buying it for him over there? And he said, no. My father would have to come on the podcast and confirm that story. If he remembers, I faintly remember it. But there's an example. But if you want a better example, I have many. These are works 
from famous authors that were banned in the city of Boston. Are you ready? Okay. Leaves of Grass, Walt Whitman, banned. Sun Also Rises, Ernest Hemingway, banned. Oil by Upton Sinclair, banned. Mosquitoes by William Faulkner, the world of William Clislaud. I know I'm mispronouncing that. H.G. Wells, banned. A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway, banned. Wake Up Little Susie by the Everly Brothers, banned. All by the city of Boston. Now, I don't want kids using tobacco either. But you know what? You know what? It's going to happen. So banning things. You know who used to ban things? The Nazis used to ban things. Is the mayor of mayor of Boston, Adolf Hitler? I'm not going to go that far. I don't need to be sued for slander. I just don't like the precedent. I, I hate the idea of banning anything, whether it's a dangerous thing or whether it's or, or whether I don't find it dangerous at all. I do find it dangerous. But the idea of banning things. How about this? Have you been to a ball game lately? Have you seen the fried lard that they serve to people at absorbent prices? That should be banned. That's disgusting. That causes obesity. I'm offended. It's gross. That should be banned. No, we won't hear that, though. Oh, that's money. See, ching, ching, ching. You know what I mean? All that disgusting... Can you think of a venue that serves more disgusting food than a baseball game? Think about it. Whether you want to eat healthy or not, whether you say the screw the gluten-free organic diet or, or I just don't care, I'll eat what I want, can you still think of a worse place to eat food than a baseball park? I'll wait. No, you can't, okay? A bucket of just fried shit given to you. But that's cool. And you know what else is cool? Yeah, well, KKK and Westboro Baptist Church. Okay, I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm jumping over things. I realize that. I realize that. But ugh, nothing infuriates me more than when someone says we need to ban something. You know what? I'll not do something if I don't want to do it. Don't tell me what to do. I'm an American. All right. Off my soapbox. Let me step down. It's a big soapbox. So, let's get back to the podcast. Holy Christ, we're almost at 30 minutes already. You're still listening to this? Good job out of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, So, we'll talk about... um, Happy birthday. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. Thank you. I I, I talked about this earlier, but we'll talk about this. You know, August 13th is my birthday. And if you're a Yankee fan and you're obsessed with the dates of death for certain Yankees, then you'll you'll be well aware that this is a bad day. Uh, I had a little streak going where if I went to the baseball game, the baseball game, Yankee Stadium, Yankee game, on my birthday, a Yankee would die. Mickey Mantle, dead, August 13th, 1995. I was there. Phil Rizzuto. Shit, I don't have the year in front of me. It's 2007. Killing the momentum of the story would have been so good without that. Ugh. Chop asshole. 2007. I was right, too. Okay. August 13th, 2007. I was there. Phil Rizzuto, dead. In the next game. For years, I didn't go to a game on my birthday. 
I said, Yogi, it's been real. You're going down. Not that I'm a grim reaper, but instead, I guess my birthday took out somebody else on the other side. Johnny Pesky. Rest in peace. So I am not going to the game on my birthday. It's in Cleveland this year. But so, so Yogi, you know, sleep easy, bro. You're all right. Whitey, it's okay. You don't have to sleep with one eye open. Put them both down. You're good. That's my birthday. I'm the Grim Reaper Yankee baseball. So next year, let's see what we have. So August 13th, 2016, if that's a home game and it's a weekend, if it's a weekend, I'm going. So be on the lookout. Then it starts to become a thing. But actually, there was one year in between where I went to the game and I got pretty loaded and just screamed at Kyle Farnsworth forever. Just yelling at him. Kyle Farnsworth... He deserves to be yelled at. Still to this day. Actually, he's pretty big. He'd probably kick my ass. Probably would totally kick my ass. So moving on. Uh, what else were we going to talk about here? Um, I wanted to talk about Jordan or was there something else? Oh, Carmelo Anthony. It's just funny how every once in a while, dude, that guy never says anything on uh, on Instagram. Just lets people shit on him. And then he'll just show up every once in a while. And he did that the other day and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be here for a while. So you're stuck with me. This is going to be because after someone, someone questioned his loyalty. Why do you want to be with the Knicks? And he said, I want to be with the Knicks. It's obvious. I sent a contract here, a.k.a. they gave me the most money, but he didn't say that. It's going to be an interesting year because they're not going to do shit. Uh, and I have a feeling. I'm saying this right now. I'm saying this on August 13th, my birthday. The Grim Reaper. We're going to extend it to New York sports. No, I'm not killing Carmelo Anthony. That's not what I'm trying to do. He, I am making a prediction. Not sure what that's to do with the Grim Reaper, but same same cloud. He's going to force a trade this year. By the end of 2016, Carmelo Anthony will have greatly enforced a trade, or he will no longer be on the Knicks. And I know some of you are laughing. So who's going to take on that contract, you asshole? Someone. Someone. He will make it terrible if things start off bad. Or maybe he'll just get hurt and have to have treatment, air quotes, treatment, where he doesn't have to sit on the bench. He's just having treatment. The guy has all day to do treatment, but he does just does it during games. If you can't tell from the last few podcasts, I can't stand Carmelo Anthony. I think he's one of the most unlikable athletes I've seen in a long time. And yes, I'm a guy who dislikes Alex Rodriguez. At least Alex Rodriguez tries, okay? Carmelo Anthony seems like a bad guy. I'm BB, CBS Sports Radio, and I think the last thing we wanted to deal with today, um, this is a long podcast, huh? Eh, it's not that long, whatever. We talked about Michael Jordan and his uh, his camp last year, last year, his camp uh, last podcast, and he's, I've said this on the podcast before, you know, I, I grew up thinking Michael Jordan could do no wrong. This is before all of the... Just that technology exploded. I mean, Michael Jordan retired in 2002, 2003. You know, the internet was still, I mean, I was still on AOL at that time. Brian Buck 13. I stay, I stay true. I stay strong. If you're still on AOL, get at me. I don't know how I'd contact you. Check my away message. My profile. <laughs> God, I used to, I used to, what I used to do was copy, you know, like girls or most, yeah, girls, women, 
but girls at that time, on your buddy list and those terrible quotes they all used to have. I used to like copy them and just use them as my away message just to piss people off. <laughs> Such a ball buster. Continues to this day. If you follow me at BrianBuck13, hashtag self promoter. But Michael Jordan could do no wrong in my eyes. I love the guy. He was everything, everything sports-wise to me. I mean, I was a baseball guy, and then Michael Jordan happened, and baseball sort of became an afterthought. But Michael Jordan right now, the man is a billionaire. That's been confirmed. He is suing Dominic's. What is Dominic's, you may add? Dominic's Finer Food? It doesn't even operate anymore. He's in a lawsuit against them for them using his likeness in 2009. It is a defunct Chicago area grocery store. And it was a congratulatory thing to him. A congratulatory advertisement. Congratulations, Michael Jordan. 23, you're a cut above. And then there was a coupon for Rancher's Reserve Steak. So, and like CBS Sports, CNBC says here, apparently Jordan didn't like the connection that he was a cut above. Just like that discounted uh, discounted piece of meat. So Michael Jordan, this penny pincher, this miser of a billionaire is suing a defunct grocery store. And at the same time, his expenses are being made public. He's kind of reminding me like Joe DiMaggio, like age 80, writing down all the receipts of when he went to a diner, cent by cent by cent, balancing his his his, his checkbook. My lord. But the, the interesting numbers here that this man is doing this, and you always get the vibe that Jordan is kind of a dick. And it was hard for me to take worshiping Jordan. But looking at this here, since 2002, Nike has paid Michael Jordan. This is 2002, after he's retired. Again, I, I wish I had this in front of me. It's either 2002, 2003. Nike has paid Michael Jordan, a man not doing anything. For the game of basketball. $480 million. Sirius Radio. $25 million. Gatorade. $18 million. Haynes. $14 million. Upper Deck. $14 million. XCL. His frag- fragrance company. $10.6 million. Yeah. All of that money. And he is suing a defunct grocery store. What a fucking... T- Geno Smith's a tight wad over 600 bucks. Michael Jordan, I mean, he doesn't even do any service to the word. And this is his defense, too. Separately and importantly, Jordan's rate for personal appearances or to be included in something like a game or a video can actually range from anywhere from 5 million, excuse me, 5,000 to 500,000. You know, that's not what, he, what I even meant to read, excuse me. His lawyers argue that the far market value for the basketball star's identity should be determined by precedent, meaning the amount that Jordan has a fetch from previous endorsement deals. They placed the value of Jordan's identity around $10 million. So, I didn't see exactly what is going on here. I just got a text from my father. Stephen Drew, how do you do? It's 7.41 p.m., so I guess that is a home run from Stephen Drew. I haven't even gotten into the Yankees, huh? Everyone calm down. I'll make a statement next week. If they shit the bed this weekend, then I'm worried. Then I'm worried. Back to Jordan, though. What is the actual lawsuit 
Like, what is he trying to get? Is he trying to pilfer money out of a grocery store that no longer exists? What is the purpose? And then a expert testifying for the grocery store wants to use smaller appearance numbers. Rather than the full endorsement value, he places the fair market for Jordan's persona closer to 126000 So they're going to have to meet somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I, you got to look at Michael Jordan in a whole new way. My God, dude, you're a billionaire. Billionaire! And you're suing a defense. How fucking petty can you be? That's the podcast this week. That is the podcast. This is a long podcast. We're almost at 40 minutes. So what I want to do is I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. And this sounds weird coming from me, okay? But it's good promotion for the podcast. Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Like the page on Facebook, Red Ticket Blues Sports. Threw sports in there. Maybe get some more people involved. Red Ticket Blues Sports. Uh, Like the page on Facebook. And I'm not typically a Facebook guy. I feel like there's more Facebooks. It's, it's weird. You weed through all the baby pictures and the conservative opinions about Obama trying to take guns. And Twitter's just almost obviously kind of the opposite. No one gives a shit about their family. And they're all liberal opinions. It's almost like if you don't want to get into either one of them, you're in like social media purgatory. So you're going to have to deal with either one of them. If you're on Twitter at BrianBuck13, you're going to follow me and, you know, you're going to retweet things. You're going to listen to it. You're going to live, joy, happy, be merry, all that. And Facebook, you're going to like the page. It's very important to like the page because, you know what, then it shows up in people's, uh, uh, the right hand of their bullshit story timeline thing. I'm trying to promote Facebook by, uh, I'm doing Bill Burr sort of advertising where you just rip the advertiser. Anyways... I'm going to thank everyone for listening. You can always listen to the show, iTunes, TuneIn, Radio, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, TuneIn. Did I say that? I'm getting very tired here. Um, so I am going to see the Yankees in Toronto this weekend. We will talk later at Brian Buck 13. I'm out of here.